hello there for the very first time in what is hopefully going to be a whole bunch of times. I am so thankful to have you listening to what we're going to call here on the very first episode, Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man. I am Preacher Man and I am happy to be in the room with Townsend herself who is free to speak whenever she wants. Neither one of us have any idea what we're really doing. So she's going to sit there until I say, hey, say something. So hey, say something. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, I'm happy to be a part of this. And I love that we are calling it Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man, because um, those are already some names that others have given us. Nicknames, so roll right? with so it. Yeah. Mostly people will know what we're talking about. Okay, exactly. so what exactly are we doing? We are starting a podcast, which is basically a video with something to look at and we're doing it on april fool's day in one of the most historic and auspicious april fool's days in human existence normally folks like to play jokes and be silly on this day but with what's been going on in 2020 i think collectively society decided that this april fool's day needed a, a day off very so, wise decision yes, on that we are starting this podcast in hopes of being able to bring you something to think about and listen to Especially not not only during this time, but especially during this experience we're all having with the coronavirus, this COVID nineteen, and what it's like to be uh, going through a worldwide pandemic. And I don't think anybody alive today has lived through that for sure. So, uh, wow, we're historic. How about that? That's, I, I would rather not have this on my resume, but you know, there that is what it is. All right. So you might be wondering, what in the world will you? two weirdos be talking about this whole time. Well, partially, that's kind of going to be up to you. If you're out there listening, and I already want to thank the two of you that are, I want to know what you might want to talk about. We want to muse together, and that just means to think out loud, and we want to talk about things that you might be curious about. I've already had some people ask uh, about marriage in heaven. I've had people ask about what does it mean when it talks about the sons of God and the daughters of men in the book of Genesis? And if those kind of topics always we're going to try to circle around and uh, have something to say about the Lord and about what the Bible tells us about how to live our lives. But if those sorts of topics or any of those types of topics interest you, then all we really want you to do is tell us. Because if you'll tell us, then we'll know exactly what's interesting to you. We can do a little reading and studying ourselves and then talk about it in an informed way so that all of us can learn a little together. But we didn't figure. Townsend didn't think anything better, and I couldn't think of anything better. How do you start your very first episode of this podcast without talking about what might be my favorite thing on earth, and that's being married? Well, and another thing that brought that up, you know, <laughs> I teach a women's Sunday school class, and where do you always go with your conversation in a group of women, and that is none other than talking about your men. Now, you said talking about, and I thought you were going to say complaining about. Well, I mean, there could be some of that going on too, but mm. we, I'm, I'm pleading the fifth on that one. Oh, nice. That's yeah. good, because, you know, he might be out there. Right, exactly. Okay, all right. Well, we want to talk about marriage today, and specifically, we want to talk about how to maintain a healthy marriage. And even more specific is how does somebody maintain a healthy marriage when you're going through something like what we're going through? Because if, you tell me, Townsend, is it fair to say that you're maybe around your spouse more now than you probably ever have been in any single period I of your marriage? I was just about to say some of my women friends have commented that... I guess I could safely say commented, but maybe leaning more toward the side of complaining oh, no. that they are seeing their men far more than they would like to be seeing their men these days. <laughs> we don't want to know that. See, men don't want to hear that. We, we want to be the champions all the time. 
All right, so a little closeness. You know, they do say that absence makes the heart grow fonder, and so pandemics might make hearts butt heads a little bit. And one thing I've noticed about this situation is that everyone is out of their routine. Their roles have completely been changed, whether intentional or conscious or or not. The roles have been changed in the household, and I know that's happened um, for, for me and my husband already. And that's created some of the tension as well, not just being around each other more, but some of the roles and the routine being shaken up a little bit. Right. And uh, I don't know about everybody else's house, but it's a constant, constant effort to not make that change cause friction at home. Because when everything is different and nobody really knows what exactly to do and how to do it, it it, it invites an opportunity for us to kind of be at it with who ought to be our number one teammate and our number one helper. Exactly. And so uh, let's talk about marriage specifically, especially in a time like this. So I think it's only fair if we define what we're talking about. So what is marriage? When I say marriage to you, not a textbook definition or any kind of trick, but when I say marriage, what's something you think about? Marriage is a team of two people, a man and a woman, trying to battle this roller coaster ride we call life. Um, everyone wants to give it some fairy tale description. And before I actually entered into the covenant of a marriage, I envisioned some fairy tale of, of me and the love of my life just skipping through the day joyfully and in love and. Um, quite frankly, anyone who's been married any length of time knows that that's not the entire truth. So, yeah, a team, just a man and a woman battling it out, fighting through what we call life, and especially adding in things that are happening like right now, um, having to really stay focused on each other and God and family and knowing exactly what's right for your family. You know, like the situation that I'm dealing with now we have some sickness and health issues going on in our family. And so, you know, are, are the way the way you're raised and the things that your parents taught you and you bring it into a marriage and the way that you feel that you should handle a pandemic may not be the way your husband feels the pandemic should be handled. And so the marriage, you collectively bring to the table what each of you feel and you should try to work out the best case scenario for the family. But, you know... That might not be the easiest thing to do, given that right now the information floating around that we have is just kind of all over the place. Right. And so it's, okay, so it's also a little difficult. It's going to be, you know, obvious. I'm a, I represent the husband side and, and you obviously represent the wife side. It's a little difficult when you're trying to figure out who is going to be the one that says, here's what we need to do, especially if. I'm used to doing my own thing at work, and then I come home, I want to be doing my own thing, and that's not exactly what ought to be, and I'm, I'm thinking about maybe somebody who, you know, I'm not afraid of getting sick, it ain't, it's not that big of a deal, and um, so, you know, I, I can go talk to my buddy next door, I can go do whatever, I, I don't have to stay inside, or I don't need to do whatever, and so that's just a new way for us to have disagreements in a marriage, right? Exactly. So you used a word when you defined marriage that I think you even repeated it. It's the only word you repeated. You called it a team. And so a team uniformly has to work together to accomplish a goal, right? Exactly. You and I were playing a game, and we had to move a ball to one goal. I wouldn't be doing you any good as a teammate if I constantly went the other direction. Exactly. 
All right, so the Bible talks about how that team works together, right? Every team has a coach, and then they have players, and and they have positions, and I have no clue about how all of that really works together. But how about, <laughs> I'll help you out a little bit if right. I can. <laughs> so I, I know, you know, my youngest son plays basketball, and I know one. I noticed watching all these basketball games, every time they 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 inbound the ball, one specific person got the ball. It was their job to get it and to dribble down the the court, and and then they did some other stuff. But that person always got the ball. It's like that was their job once the ball got inbound. Okay, exactly. so. Teams have members and members have jobs. What's the job of a wife? You're asking me what's the job of a wife. Well, That's not, a hard one. I'm not, um, I'm not asking, you know, necessarily. I didn't ask. I don't want you to rate how well, well you think you're doing that let job. Let me just say this. If we'd had this conversation a while back, my idea of what my job would be as a wife would be different than it is now. Um, over the course of the last six months to a year, I have been actively seeking God's wisdom, and so much has been revealed to me in that amount of time. So what I'm telling you right now is, in fact, the role of a wife, whether or not people believe that it is or feel like they are fulfilling that role is a different question. But the role of a wife is to, you know, be a mother, if that is a privilege that God has laid upon you. Um, to be a helper to your husband, to provide things for your husband, whether it be emotionally, physically, um, even spiritually, um, that things that God's called you to do in, a, in the role of a wife spiritually would be to pray for your husband. Um, some other things that fall into the wifely duties would be keeping a, a good house, um, maintaining a good, clean environment for your family. Um, maintaining good healthy choices of food and those kinds of things and sometimes men pick up that role too but before I started seeking God's wisdom my idea of who I was for my husband was completely different than that I sort of just didn't really grasp the fact that the wife was created for the husband and I kind of had my head wrapped around the fact that maybe my husband was in fact created for me and was I was a little selfish in the things that I asked of my man. So, yes, the first the first description what I gave you is is basically what God has revealed to me in his wisdom, the things that I'm called to do first and foremost be a mom and a wife and provide to him the things like I said spiritual emotional physical needs for him above all else okay so you're you're a woman and so I'm asking you as a woman you're also a mother you mentioned that this journey of learning that you've been on where you're learning you're actively learning what the Bible says about the role of a wife is it fair to say that in the 21st century that doesn't play so well in society as far as talking about a woman's quote-unquote role i wish people could see my face you are so right people today um i just i really can't wrap my head around the idea that society has that a woman is to have the same role as a man and a wife is to take on duties that are supposed to be those of a husband and a father. And so, yes, society frowns upon the idea of what roles God has given each of us. And it's really a sad thing. You know, I, I was raised to 
think and believe that I could accomplish anything. Um, you set your head to it, you work hard, and you can accomplish anything. You don't have to have a man to rely on. And, and that can be a beautiful thing that you can be independent. But the perfect godly design is that you have a good godly man that you can rely on. And when I have sought out that wisdom, I have found so much more peace in my marriage by doing so. So uh, that was going to be my next question is, as you've been looking into what God says about marriage, would you say that the, um, I don't I don't want to use the word rate, like, you know, like you're in some sort of contest, but would you say that your marriage in health-wise has been better as a healthy thing or has suffered as you understand what God wants from you so as a wife? So much better. Um, for we've been married 12 years this October, and for 10 of those years, my marriage has suffered. Um, it's been a constant battle struggle, and it wasn't a conscious one. Um, marriage, in my opinion, was working toward the same goal, but I had no concept that my goals may should change and my priorities may should change. And so um, over, like I said, over the course of the past six months to a year, even I can say about two years that I've really started developing a heart change, but my idea of marriage and what a man's role has also been changed. The way I see a man and what he's been called to do and the way I see the woman and what she's been called to do. And when I first, um, I argue with the Lord. Um, the more you listen to these podcasts, you'll learn that um, Brother Mason and I have very similar. Preacher Man and I have very similar. <laughs> code. That was code. Um, you just gave yeah, me away. Yeah, I did. Now they know. Well, it's okay. Um, we have very similar personalities. And so one of the things that he does is he helps me see the way that maybe my husband feels because he's like the male version of Ashley and I get to speak to his wife about some of the situations that they encounter as a married couple and and they've just really helped guide uh, my husband and I into a successful point in our marriage. But um, <laughs> I argue with the Lord a lot. And so when we first started this whole wisdom-seeking marriage advice from Christ to Townsend, I did not like what he was telling me at all. Um, I felt like I was being demoted and I felt like I was being moved from a role of importance down to some measly role of just being a wife and a mom. And the more I sought out God's wisdom on that subject, I realized I was actually getting a promotion. Right. So, so I think it's real wrong. I mean, I think everybody says it this way, but you said I'm I'm being demoted to just. And I think the just, as though that's not sufficient or not enough, when you know, if I need a hammer, I need it to just be a hammer. I don't need a hammer that can also do complex algebraic equations. I need a hammer because there's a nail-type problem. And so I just need a hammer. And the world just needs mothers and just needs husbands and fathers and wives. You know, we just need to be what we've been created to be. And so that, that even is still speaking to why I think this idea of what marriage is doesn't play so well to people, especially when, and I'm, I'm a parent, I raise my children on some level to grow up and be what you can be, you know, be all you can be, you can be anything you want. And, and I love my children to death, but I'm lying to them when I say that because you can't be whatever you want to be. You, you are exactly. what you've been created to be. 
All right, so being from the husband side, I'm going to ask myself the same question. So what is marriage? Marriage is, I would say, a union between a man and a woman. It was ordained in the Garden of Eden, right? God saw that Adam needed his counterpart. And so one of my favorite passages when we're talking about marriage is Genesis. It's in the very beginning when God uses a word that we in English don't have a perfect one-to-one translation, I will make a help meet for him. I will make a helper for him, somebody who fills in his gaps. That's the way I like to translate that word or understand it anyway, that this is the person that fills in. He, She does my can't-dos. She does what I can't do. I can't mother a child. I, exactly. I can't. Uh, but she can. And she also receives the fact that I can what she can't because she can't father a child. But I think perhaps, especially, and I, I know I don't want to bring up coronavirus over and over and over again, but this is being recorded when we're in the, the heat of all of this and it's happening all around us. And I know anybody listening to us right now that you've heard it just as much as we have and you're tired of it just as much as I am. But while we're together and we have more time than in human history to look face-to-face to our spouses, you know, there's this inability to ignore the failings that we have over the time we've been married, the failings of meeting the justness of my assignment from God. I am just a husband, but that ain't just easy. You know, I'm supposed to carry the burdens of my family on my shoulders. And so when I'm around you nonstop, it's going to be hard to not notice or bring up that those burdens aren't being carried or that they haven't been carried for some time. Because if I'm the kind of person that likes to go off into my quiet place, you know, years ago there was a book, uh, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, and talking about how uniquely different we were. And so that's great. We are different. But that brought up this idea that men need to go to their cave, their solitude place sometimes, and that's true. For some people, a solitude place is a hunting stand. For me, it's uh, in front of a computer looking at a bunch of stuff on the internet, and I like it to be quiet. And um, But, you know, I'm not supposed to live in that place. Exactly. And, and I think so oftentimes we don't realize how habitual those right. things become. Absolutely. Our mindset becomes a habit and the habit becomes what we do daily and then or what and what we don't do in even better terms. And so that is where the issues fall into the roles not being carried out the way God designed them is the, the habit forming in not the right way. Right. We want marriage the Burger King style of my way right away. Exactly. But two folks can't get their way when it's two different ways, right? Exactly. All right. So I, how about I'm going to pick one thing. We said we want to talk about how to have a more healthy or a better marriage. And God's allowed us this first time kind of pulling us towards this idea of, and, and you said it, you said that as you learned about your role as a spouse, that it was... For a moment, you thought, and, and sometimes, I mean, if I'm honest, it's uh, it's tempting to want to revert back to, uh, no, I don't want to do that anymore, or I don't want to have to handle this, or whatever it is, but this idea of justness, so that being just a wife and a mother, okay, the role of a woman, the role of a husband, right? If, if we spend this, the last time we're going to spend here together for this first podcast, identifying what God says the role of these two people are, I think even talking about that and identifying that can encourage some discussion on the other end of this podcast with anybody that's participating with us because you can look at your spouse and say, what do you think about that? Now, let me caution you. It, I don't 
I don't want you to say, do you agree with that? Because if, exactly. you're, if you're asking yourself whether you agree or not with God, we got a whole different problem <laughs> than, than just trying to get our marriage to a better place, okay? If God said so, it behooves me then to figure out how I can work that into my life, not how I can try to change God's mind. Exactly. But I'm going to read the most well-known and oft-quoted passage about the roles of a wife and a husband, and I want you to help me understand how that sounds to a woman, and then I want to not so much tell you how it sounds to a man, because that part's easy. I want to point <laughs> out the part that men like to skip and, and deal with that, and then, and, then, and then we'll be done. Okay, so you folks listening, you may already know what this is, but this is straight from the New Testament. This is, Paul wrote this down through the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. This is Ephesians chapter 5, and in chapter 5, Paul's overall focus is imitating God, acting like God, being like God, and in that he talks about being subject to one another. It was Jesus who, when he was washing the disciples' feet, said that he didn't come to serve, but or he didn't come to be served, but to serve, to be subject to his own creation so that he could redeem them. And so Paul gets to talking about subjection to be subject to something, and he looks at the family to do that. And so here's what it says, beginning in verse 22. It says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands. Now, that's it. Verse 25. Verses 22 through 24 is all Paul has anything to say. The Holy Spirit speaking to wives is three verses. The remainder of this entire section, <laughs> from verse 25 to verse 33, is talking to men. All right? So what did Paul basically say to the women? He said, you need to be subject to the head of your relationship, which is the man, just like Christ is the head of the church, and so the church is subject to him. Now, before I get to the men part, Ashley, how does that sound? when that's not what you were raised to understand. Well, this was one of the first verses that um, caused me to want to argue with my creator a little bit. Now tell me um, why. Because I didn't always feel that my husband made the best choices. And so being submissive to choices that I absolutely did not agree with was just something that sounded so foreign and so ignorant to me. I mean, I couldn't wrap my head around submitting and acting as though I agreed with the things that were happening in my household when very clearly I did not and didn't think they were a good idea at all. And so it, it, it was offensive to me, okay. to say the least. It was offensive to me when I very first really started understanding what that verse was calling me to do. And let me make myself clear, women who are listening to this or will listen to this in the future, he's very clearly stating to always be submissive to your husbands. Right, so you're using the word submissive. That is a, a right way of understanding the word subject too. So I, yes. I don't want, in, case, in case somebody's thinking, why she keeps saying that? Yes. When it says be subject to your husband, that does mean to submit to his, it's an authority statement. Yes. Uh, submit to his authority. Submit yes. to his authority and be submissive to him at all times. And so on one end, I'm saying at first I was offended. On the other end, after... 
a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer, and a lot of study in scripture, I've come to the understanding that that is not a be submissive or subject to your husband if it is a statement that means you are to do that always under all circumstances. Um, and I know there there could be some gray area there, but, you know, that that's for another topic. Right. So that's that would be called trying to find the exception to make the rule. Exactly. So we don't, we don't want to get stuck there, but you're, you're 100%, I think anyway, you're 100% right as far as recognizing it's be subject to your husband not and there's no if not if he makes wise choices Correct. or if he always bathes <laughs> or or if he picks up his exactly. socks exactly okay it just says be subject to and and I I do recognize why it would be a hurdle right at the very beginning to say you know but I don't think he's doing right or I don't you know and so I I have even heard uh women share with me some of their difficulty in marriage and say I would have no problem being submissive if yes. he blah blah, yes, blah blah blah. Exactly. And that's that's pretty much where my stance was when I started this journey of trying to understand what God was calling me specifically me to do. Um when I started I wasn't trying to find out what he wanted other wives to do. I wanted to know what he wanted me to do. And so in doing so he revealed himself to me in many ways and that was one of them that I was to be subject at all times and that was not something that's easy for me. I'm a leader, I'm an office manager, I like telling people what to do and I'm good at it. And so that did not come easily for me and it still does not come easily for me. And so that's the first part I want to be clear on is that that was not something that set well with me at first and it's not something that is easy for me still to this day. But what I do want to touch on is that by not submitting to my husband for the first 10 years of our marriage, I disabled him from being able to be the leader of my household and for fulfill the role that God called him to do. And so I was basically creating a roadblock for him. And, um, in, in some areas I was a crutch and in other areas I was literally the obstacle keeping him from being able to do the things that God was calling him to do. And so the minute that I, gained full awareness that I was to be subject at all times. Now, let's not go into the whole, uh, you know, boasting thing to say that I would do this all the time. I don't pull this off often. Some days it's like a boss and other days it's an epic fail, people. I'm just being honest with you. But when I did grasp the full concept of being subject at all times, he has really blossomed as a father and as a husband, and he has sought God in a way that I never thought was possible. And that is an that is an excellent testimony for you to be able to share about some of the fruit that comes from your faithfulness. That's not even talking about your husband. That's talking about exactly. you being faithful to your just be this actually brought about something else that didn't have anything to do with you as so much in, in action except that you were being faithful to your calling. Well, listening to you talk about your journey kind of makes it sound like, oh, psh, fine, every problem is solved if women would just get their heads screwed on straight, right? But I have a problem with husbands, of which I am one, and I will tell anyone, uh, Townsend's been married 12 years, she said. I've been married exactly one decade longer than that. And I would tell anybody that my wife married a child. 
my wife will <laughs> happily tell people that it took her a lot of work to uh, to get this, that, that whatever it is, this, that I represent. He's not telling a story there. No, she, she can she definitely fill you in on some things. And so what changed for me? So uh, uh, Townsend is not that I was about to give your code name away. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she is not the only one who has taken this journey. And, and the two of us are not the only two. Um, but I came across a study on this passage that we're looking at and what burdened me about being a husband was the pastor who was speaking said straight out, gentlemen, do nothing more than notice how who gets talked to more here. Does Paul, and, and via Paul the Holy Spirit, does God have more to say to women or to men? And it, it hurt me to recognize that he's got way more to say to men. Now, let's be fair to one another, guys. We love to hear that my wife is supposed to be subject to me. We love that. That's like having a, a slave that has to do what I say and and what I want when I say it. It makes when I you want. guys poke that chest out a little oh, further a, thinking it that. It feels like a real big deal until I see what God says from me. Like, what am I supposed to do? So let me keep reading. We stopped way too quick. Here comes verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the uh, uh, of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. But for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Paul all of a sudden quoting from Genesis there, and then he continues on, This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you is also to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. So he kind of circles back and brings women kind of back into the discussion just as he closes it there to make sure they're not forgotten. But guys, I want to simplify everything that I just read from the Bible. The easiest thing to understand is is that Paul says you're supposed to love your wife the way Jesus loves you. And I, I just have one question about it. How do you know that Jesus loves you? You know that, and I know that, because he died. He showed that he loved you, not through words, not through suggestions, not even through expecting anything from me. He just showed me that he loved me by dying on the cross. Ultimate sacrifice. Right. And so when Paul says that I'm supposed to love, and he even makes that plain, he says, you love her the way Christ loves the church, even giving himself up for her. Gentlemen, you are supposed to be Jesus Christ under your roof, in a manner of speaking. Jesus, think about, you're supposed to be Jesus in your marriage. Okay, then how does the Bible describe Jesus? Not as a guy who was always getting what he wanted. Isaiah refers to him as a man of sorrow. Isaiah says that by his stripes, we are healed. The Bible says that Jesus carried the burden of the world upon his shoulders. Jesus looked at people and wept over them. He felt burdened for them. And guys, you and I are called to be feeling burdened over our wives. There's something else that Paul says in there, that we are to be purified and presented, or we are to be purifying the body and making it presentable as clean and un- and holy, unblemished. Okay, that means I'm called to purify my wife. 
She needs to know what she means to me. She needs to see what she means to me. Communication. And I need to communicate with her. Yes. And fellas, if we're honest, this may be somewhere that we quite often lack. We don't like to talk. This course, uh, going back to men are from Mars and women are from Venus and all that, it's very traditional to say that women say, you know, 25 words for a man's every one. That is so true in my marriage. Talk a lot, (laughs) right? Okay. But that doesn't excuse us from making sure that we're communicating clearly our feelings, our affections, and even our instructions as far as having to make choices in the house that doesn't excuse us from from communicating you know uh on the other hand every once in a while ladies you need to make sure you're communicating through more than just well you ought to know exactly we my dad used to tell me this all the time growing up that men were not the best at reading between the lines and if i couldn't clearly state what it was that i wanted or needed then it fell back to me being the reason that he couldn't give it to me that even being my father and then when I got into a relationship with my husband we were long distance for four years and so talking was about the only way we communicated and he used to lecture me on that you know you have got to quit expecting him to read between the lines but I did want to add this into what we were talking about clarifying the roles that God had given us and part of what I have been made aware of over the last six to 12 months is that um, over the course of the last several years um, society as a whole has ventured away from scripture and families no longer um, involve scripture in their household they no longer speak about scripture read scripture study scripture and therefore um, generations have have been brought up and it has slowly dwindled out of the minds of men and women Absolutely. and so what i've encountered um through my just rigorous search and and begging and pleading the lord to reveal his wisdom to me is that There are so many people who, just like in my situation, were raised to know right from wrong, but maybe not raised to know exactly what God has called you to do. And so in my situation with my husband, once I started seeking out what God was asking of me, I also became more aware of what God was actually asking for him, and he became more aware of it. So some of his flaws and some of the things that he was and was not doing had nothing to do with his intention, but more of him not knowing what he was supposed to be doing to begin with. Right. And that comes... Uh, you you have said it very well because it, it didn't happen just with a finger snap uh, and, and with just one generation. It's over a long period of time where men have been told not to be men in a way and women have been told to rise up and take responsibilities that they ought not have to. Now, I, I know I can stick my foot in my mouth real quick here, so I want to try to be real clear when I say this, but I, I, I am not the kind of person that thinks, oh, women shouldn't be in the military or, or women shouldn't have jobs or something like that. That sounds ridiculous. But what I do believe is that a woman shouldn't have to serve in the military. A woman shouldn't have to have a job because there's one of those products in that marriage, the husband and the wife, one of them was commanded to do that. Now, exactly. can, 
Can Townsend have a job? Absolutely, and she does one well outside of the home, in addition to raising a husband <laughs> and, and a <laughs> child. But, you know, the truth is she shouldn't have to, and exactly. she doesn't have to, praise God. But the same is true for my wife. You shouldn't have to, and and to think that you have to to then have value is a sure sign that we have forgotten how to rightly judge value exactly. according to the Bible. And so many of my friends who are stay-at-home moms find themselves feeling that their value has been decreased because of the fact that they do stay home and tend to the family and tend to their husband's needs and their children's needs. But as I say again, and I stress this over and over again, husbands should so realize the importance of that and value that and cherish that and say so. But the wives have to look in the mirror and know they're doing exactly what God's called them to do. Uh, Yes. And, and, and the husband's side of that, that comes from the need to be purifying their wife with words to let that woman know how important she is to your life not you know it's not just well she's supposed to do that no it's 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 a gift it, it's a she in her being subject to it is almost as though it's a form of surrender and worship you exactly. Know, and you gotta you gotta cherish that and recognize that as well. Everybody loves to get an attaboy, and husbands ought to be passing out attaboys to their wives on a daily basis. And I think that if we if we sit for just a second and think about all this together time that we have, if we stopped and looked our spouse in the eye and said, "Do you recognize your worth? And do you recognize your? I'm gonna borrow this again. Your just wifeness or your just husband." Uh, you know, if we, if that's a perfect conversation starter that can give you an opportunity that I, I, I pray we never have again, to be honest. But right now we have an opportunity to be more still and to be more present at home than any time I think in, in recent history, for sure. This would be the perfect time to initiate change in a marriage right. and to and to seek out those roles and understand them more clearly for each other because you're around each other more. Um, and, and maybe this is a topic for another time and we can go into the details of the growing pains of the change. Um, I have tons of stuff to talk about that, but um, it, it isn't something that happens overnight. And as far as communicating with one another, take this time to make memories with one another and to, to get back to the, Um, idea of what maybe brought you together to begin with and use this time during this scare to be vulnerable to one another and to just allow God to work in your marriage and to to give you hope for a future not only in your marriage but in your health and everything else that's going on you know financials whatever it may be you are better together husband and wife than you would ever be apart And that is a gift from God. And what we hope, absolutely, is that this, if nothing else, gives you something to talk about, something to think about, something to listen to, while we do enjoy these stay-at-home and shelter-in-place days. And in the days to come, we look forward to having more things to talk about and more discussions to encourage you to have, that you and I and all of us could be better at what God has called us to be. So that lady over there is Townsend. I'm Preacher Man. This is the inaugural, very first podcast episode of Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you got ideas or you want to ask a question, I am too dumb to figure out how you could call in here or something like that, but you can certainly... uh, wait, I'm about to tell you how you can email me, but you need an email address. So use elbcpastor 
at gmail.com or tell somebody that knows me what you want us to talk about. We can talk about just about anything. We all want to learn. We all want to get better. Thank you for being a part of our very yes, first thank podcast. thank you so much for listening yeah, and, and tuning in again. If you think about it and you know somebody else might need to hear this, share it with them. Help us be able to be an encouragement to everybody we can get around. God bless you. This is The Preacher Man. That's Townsend, and we'll see you next time.